Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. One, two, three. It's a hard next life. It is a hard next life. A hard next life. Oh, it's a hard next life. It's a hard next life. It is a hard next life. A hard next life. Oh, it's a hard next life. Fans and what up, Dennis motherfucking Lucas? Hey, the perfect motherfucking name, Barry. Almost as perfect as Barry motherfucking D. What's up, Barry? It doesn't have the same ring to it. Dennis motherfucking Lucas. 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 That's one of the uh, members of Nix Nation, Germany and Austria. It took us like five minutes just to get the name right. He's very excited to meet us. Great guy. Spent a lot of time with him. A lot of time with uh, Daniel, right? Yeah, Daniel, DJ. President. El Presidente. Vice President. President in Germany. Vice President. Yes. Oh, right. The President's from Austria. That's why it's of Germany and Austria. It was great seeing everyone there, right? First time. Yeah, and, and a great location. My first time at Clyde's Wine and Dime, but it was nice. We had that little side section. I, I don't know if I would say it was great. Really? What didn't you like? I mean, about I thought it? it was the food was good. Food it's was a good. Weird, the 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 shape of the restaurant was weird. Yeah, yeah, but the setup was good except for the audio. In the main bar area, the audio was like twenty seconds earlier than the big screen where we were watching it. So you heard whistles. It took for us forever to figure out what was going on there, because so we kept yeah. hearing whistles before before the ball was like going out of bounds or before the foul call. And we were like, "Are we hearing whistles?" Right. Um, but yeah, we watched the Knicks game with a lot of guys who uh, speak like no English. <laughs> pretty much the main guys we talked to did but dude i went up to a table now normally at these things we go and pass around the stickers we introduce ourselves and we're so used i'm so used to i shouldn't be used to this because at first i wasn't but then i became used to people being like oh yeah we do listen to your show right when right. we would tell them about it but we went up to tables of these like bit everyone's they're all really pretty big these germans you notice that yeah yeah you're right so we go up to this big table of really big, tall Germans, and we're like, hey, guys, it's Hard Nick's Life, the podcast, and they're looking at us like we're fucking crazy. I'm not even sure they know what a podcast is. <laughs> Which we were giving, I think I was giving Daniel a hard time. I was like, dude, get your, how do your members not know about our podcast? You know about it. You invited us here. Why are they looking at me like we're fucking nuts? <laughs> But I think we are we members now, not officially, but not kind officially, of? but we're on our way. The paperwork is uh, being sifted through. We have to do the hardest part of becoming a member, which is pay them ten dollars, right? Right. <laughs> I think it's like twelve. <laughs> I can't believe you asked him what's in it for us. Did I say that? Yeah, I was really embarrassed, Barry. Wait a second! No, 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 no! You said that. No, that is something that I would say, but you said it. Really. Yes. All right. We I were was like, what's in it, it for us? And I was like, oh, my God, Barry, what do you expect him to say? <laughs> I was, what's I in, was it, for, following what's your in lead. it for any of them? He was like, he was like a T-shirt. And I was like, perfect. That's per- That's plenty. 
You were like, you were like, look, I want this to be a really big deal. I want a lot of pomp and circumstance when we make this official. <laughs> so I was just following your lead. Yeah, I so I said, that. yeah, I was playing hardball. What's in I it was, for us, DJ? Dude, I was, I was just drunk. That's all I was. Right. That's more than I've drank in like probably like two years. You got to keep up with the Germans and the Austrians. They know what they're doing. That's right. Fucking coronavirus, dude. Are you okay? Um, I think so. I know we were both a little nervous about meeting all those Euros. The other night, we're both dressed in hoodies that are over our heads. Is that because of a... Uh, Dude, I had such, like... okay? I had, like, the worst week for this. So, like, on Wednesday, I had a business conference. On Thursday, I was in a Texas Hold'em tournament with, like, almost 100 players. So, think about that, all the chips <laughs> being passed around. Right, which you said the, the what, what the fourth place prize was a Knicks game right behind the bench. Yeah, where we yeah. probably sat last time. Yeah, yeah, two great Knicks seats, but you know I didn't come close to winning that. But so that was Thursday. Friday night was Clyde's wine and dine. Saturday night I was at like a bowling alley, fortieth birthday party, where you're you're eating, you're bowling, you're drinking, and like and think about how many hands are on the bowling balls. So I had like the stretch oh. of like four or five days. If I get if I come down with coronavirus and they were like, well, where have you been? Like a lot of people are fucked because I was around like thousands of people. Where I was cross contaminating shit with them. You were putting your fingers in those bowling ball holes. Are you out of your mind? I know. Probably like the worst place to be. That is. That is has to be alley, the worst. Right. Yes. And you're eating wings and and nachos. I, I went to the bathroom like twenty times to wash my hands in between bowling and eating. And nobody ever cleans, disinfects the inside of those bowling balls. I mean, you would think they would now with everything that's going on. But yeah, who the hell oh, knows? Come on. And every time you're sticking your fingers in a new hole, pretty much, right? You're never using the same ball. <laughs> oh, no, I use the same ball. I need consistency in my okay. bowling. I got to be honest. I don't think I have the coronavirus, but I'm constantly thinking like I might. Do you feel that way? Like, might have Oh, yeah. Thing yeah. Today. Like, I, I like, like, even if I cough, now, I'm like... I feel like I have the slight chill. And I'm like, yeah. like, out of nowhere, oh. I'll cough and I'll be like, uh oh, wait, is that, is that something? It's getting really crazy. It's really getting nuts. Just everybody and everything is being overly precautious, which I guess you have to be if you you know if you still don't know because then if it comes to bite you in the ass, it's like, well, you knew, why didn't you do something? We got an email today at, at work that somebody in the building had it, oh. and has been sent home. And then I get home, dude. My wife is making dinner right now. I'm in, I'm in here trying to get ready for the podcast. Yeah, and I hear her going, just oh shit. I'm like, what now? I didn't say what now right away. That sounded so mean. <laughs> After a few of them, I was like, what now? And she's like, oh, the Plainview schools are closed tomorrow. And then right. the Glen Cove schools are closed tomorrow. Schools are fucking all closing all over the place. Yeah, I know. My wife's a teacher. She's like, you know, on this like group text message. All the teachers are freaking out. They're getting, Dude. you know, emails from their your principals, like be ready to, you know, go online to do these Google classrooms with your students if you have to. A bus driver had it in one of the school districts here. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine what, I mean, how many kids come in contact with this fucking bus driver? Yeah. But it was a great night with Knicks Nation Germany, right? Like to thank them for coming. They had a great weekend filled with a lot of amazing things. A lot of things that we I've never done, right? I've never been to Have Rucker ever, Park. Never been to Rucker Park. How'd they play at Rucker Park? I don't know. Do you have to like reserve time over there? I don't know how that works because it was just them on the court. I mean, it was cold, but I feel like people would be on that court all the time. Yeah, I feel like you would still need to fight for that court, some, win it or something. Right. I don't see a bunch of German dudes winning the court at Rucker Park. I don't know. They were like 40 strong. <laughs> well, you can only play five at a time. <laughs> I understand that. <laughs> you, you just think they're going to just like no, I thought they were walk on and bully their way onto the right. court? 
That's right. Give us this court. How do you speak? Did you get a German accent? That was a bad one. Did you figure that out? The Knicks are socks. <laughs> right. Right. Daniel, the vice president who we talked to when we did the video, which we posted on Twitter. He was trying to say the Knicks suck, but he said the Knicks are socks. Barry and Craig would join the New York Knicks nation, Germany, Austria tonight. The Knicks are socks, but the fans are so loyal. Wait, hold on, hold on a second. Wait, did you say the Knicks are socks? No. <laughs> was it bad that I called that out? No, it was great. It was beautiful because I was thinking the same thing. I was just happy that you did it when you did it. <laughs> So some big news came out. Maybe, just maybe, this Kyrie KD shit in Brooklyn is really going to work out for us, Barry. What a disaster over there in Brooklyn. No surprise to us, though. What did we say about 14 episodes ago? November. It was November, what, 14th? That we said it on this podcast. You have the clip? I got the clip. All right, this was back in November, the start of the season. But all is not well in Netsland, Barry. Apparently, it all starts, first of all, it all starts with Sean Marks and Kenny Atkinson, the head coach. They are not on speaking terms, and they have not spoken in a while. Ever since last season, according to this source, Sean Marks was set to fire Kenny Atkinson, but then the Nets went on some kind of big win streak, and he couldn't. So Marks and Atkinson aren't speaking because Atkinson knows that Marks wants him gone Mm -hmm. the first chance he gets, and Marks isn't speaking to him because he doesn't like the way Atkinson coaches. Boom. There you have it. Yeah. I mean, if we were a whiny bitch like Ian Begley, (laughs) Craig, come on. We'd be screaming from the rooftops right now about how come no one's giving us our due. Oh, my goodness. What's wrong? (laughs) (laughs) Man, shots fired. Jeez. But we're just playing that clip because we want you all to know. I want everybody to know. Yeah, no, they should. We're we're a podcast, right? We're two normal guys. We don't get sources ever, right? And we're we're never going to pretend to have them. But this is simply proof that when we say we have one, it's not bullshit. That's right. All right, now now, whiny bitches like Ian Begley. Why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? I don't know. He's not a bad guy, and you're you're. <laughs> All right, let's pick on someone else, like Stefan Bondi, <laughs> right? Or Frankie Isola. Or Tommy Beer, or whoever it is, Steve Popper. Now you're just naming people. I'm just naming people. But these guys run with stories that are fucking bullshit nine times out of ten. However, Barry, what's our credibility ranking? Is that a thing? What's um, our record when it comes to, to sources and, and rumors? 100%. Undefeated. We've had one, and we are undefeated. Name me another podcast or anything that can do that. Or a beat writer. Nobody. So we're going to keep that 100% forever. But dude, crazy. When I saw that news, I was like, wow, I can't believe my source was right. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. (laughs) And now he's got to move right up to the top of the Knicks list, at least people that that they're going to consider. Has to. I mean, honestly, it's so crazy. But for me, hiring Kenny Atkinson is so much more interesting and exciting than a lot of the names that we've been hearing, like Thibodeau. Mark Jackson, Kenny Smith, because he's a he's a guy that we know has a record of developing young players and working with young players, especially point guards. He's got a, like a toughness about him. He's fiery. I mean, he's exactly what I like to see in a coach. That's way more interesting, having a young coach with that personality and his ability to get that fucking shit Nets team in the playoffs. Yeah, look what he did with season. their young guys over there. Huh. Yes, and he's got them 
I mean, it's, you know, they're sub 500. They're not great this year, but he's got them in the seventh seed in the East. It's way more interesting to see that than, I don't know, bringing back one of these older guys like Thibodeau, Jeff Van Gundy. I don't know about you, but I, I, I lean towards the rebuilding route and not going after stars immediately. Yeah, I mean, it's one thing if you have the option to get one. Obviously, you know, you're not going to turn that away. Um, and when I say that he moves to the top of the list, I don't mean that he's my number one guy that we're going to go after. I just mean that, you know, if I'm interviewing guys and I've got, you know, three or four that are right there that I'm going to pick and choose from, he's he's in that top tier for sure. I mean, a lot of teams are going to be interested in him, so we won't be alone. And I'm not exactly sure how he feels about the Knicks because he used to coach here, so he's experienced it, right? Used to be an assistant coach here. It's nothing new to him. What's his relationship like with Dolan within the the Knicks organization? Well, he is a CAA guy, so you got that connection to Leon Rose. Now, what you have to hope is that the Knicks don't view his prior job being, you know, across the bridge in Brooklyn as a negative, you know, that, 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 you know, they don't, that, that Dolan doesn't like the aesthetics of him picking a guy from the Nets to bring over to the Knicks. That right. should be the last thing you think about. Yes. Especially, and he might think that way, but first of all, A, because he's Dolan, right? And B, because it seems like the Nets do that a lot to us. There's reports coming out of NBC S, which I think is like the the regional sports network, regional NBC sports network in San Francisco by the Warriors. Did you did you hear this? That KD criticized the Nets culture in a recent team meeting and didn't want to play for Atkinson. If that's true, <laughs> like how stupid does he look, and how ridiculous is that? After you're 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 going on and on about. Like, he's the same guy that said he looked up YouTube videos of how Kenny Atkinson would yep. coach and he liked the schemes. And that's one of the reasons he chose one of the reasons he chose the Nets. Yeah, when everybody was asking them, why the Nets? Why Brooklyn? Because we like Kenny Atkinson. We like what he's building over there. We like what the Nets are building. We like the the young players. They're further along than, any, than the Knicks or anyone else that they were interested in. It's fascinating that not even a full season through, they didn't even play for the man. Oh, my God. Kyrie Irving played 20 games this year. Kevin Durant, I don't know, is he around the team more than I think? Because I feel like every time I look up, he's not even fucking there. He hasn't spoken to the media in months. He hasn't been available to them. I mean, it, and it's not just KD. It's this whole Nets situation that has just gone awry. Think about how great the Nets must have felt. And not just the Nets, but their fan base, as small as it may be. But... <laughs> Think about how they almost have felt the beginning of that, the summer. That, hold on. Let's let's be a little more accurate, Barry. That whiny bitch fan base, as small as it may be. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> but but think about like the beginning of July, right? We just signed Kyrie and KD. We won. Okay. You know, they maybe won. the Clippers won, you know, with getting Kawhi and what they what they were able to do with Paul George. But we we nailed two of the top free agents. We got the tag team. We got KD and Kyrie. And we're coming off a great season where we overachieved. Look out. We know we may not have KD this year, but now we're adding Kyrie. They got their coach. They got their culture. Yep. They got the, their the, young players. The, the they media, got their Kyrie. They got the media is picking them, picking them to finish fourth in the East going into this season. Maybe fifth, depending on who it is. And now you've got Kyrie, like you just mentioned, who has had to overcome two different injuries, including a surgery, who played 20 games and we're more than 60 games into the season. He's destroyed any of what they had going on over there, on the court and off. 
I mean, the Nets were a team, granted, and by Kenny Atkinson's doing, but they were they were they were moving the ball. That's what made them successful. They moved the ball. They got a lot of players involved. Kyrie gets in there, and the ball stops at him. And uh, granted, you know that's what you're getting with Kyrie, and you assume the talent's going to overcome it, but it just dragged that team down. Even when even those 20 games he did play, this team has gone from the top to the bottom, and you know it's not over. Because, they, you know, KD's coming back next year. And if he's at 100% and you got Kyrie and KD on your team and you're going to bring in a coach in here, maybe you can salvage something. But it does not look good. And it cannot feel good if you're, if you're a Nets fan. If you look at Kyrie's last three teams, go back to Cleveland. He wanted out, right? He wanted to be traded. They send him to Boston. You think Cleveland gets worse that next year? No. They pretty much stay exactly the same. No Kyrie. He's in Boston. You think Boston got better when they added him? That year, Cleveland stayed the same and took him away from their roster. Boston added him, got worse. Ruined the locker room there. So bad that they had to get rid of him after la- after one season. Right? He was with their one, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, actually, you know, we should clarify. He was there too, but that first year he was there, he was, oh, big surprise, he was injured. Oh, okay. That's when they went in that big run deep into the playoffs without him. And oh, Terry right, Rozier right. stepped up. So then he goes to Brooklyn up-and-coming team. Everybody, like you said, raving about the fucking culture, especially compared to the dysfunctional Knicks. Ruins it without even, with barely even stepping on the court. And we knew Kyrie was crazy, but now when you look at KD's last year in Golden State, how one of the great teams we've seen of late just sort of imploded that season, right? All the drama surrounding KD, Draymond, the Warriors basically knowing KD wanted to leave. At the time, we thought for the Knicks. But the whole season, they basically played knowing KD wanted out. And now KD's not even playing on this team. I knew Kyrie was crazy. I didn't know KD was getting coaches fired. He didn't even play for. Everyone saw him about how Vaughn's first game, DeAndre Jordan started at center when Kenny Atkinson was pretty much starting Jarrett Allen all season. Another reason why uh, Kenny Atkinson's appealing to me. Right. Right? He, he, well, it makes sense. He has, he has KD and Kyrie and whoever else pushing for DeAndre to start. And he's like, no, fuck that. I'm starting Jared Allen. He's better. He's, it doesn't matter that he's younger. I don't care that we got DeAndre Jordan here on this huge contract. I don't care that he's your fucking best friend. You got a young guy who's on the rise who continues to get better and, you know, is a talent. A grown so talent that, you want that, to develop. That is fucking appealing to me. Bring in this young coach that isn't going to care what anyone else in the organization says about who he should start. He's starting the guy he thinks should start. He's fucking starting Mitchell Robbins in every game. With this roster, I guarantee he's starting Frank. I'm very into Kenny Atkinson, Barry. Almost as much as I'm into Clarkson Avenue crumb cakes. Oh, how about there that? is the Woo! segue. Very nice. Nicely done. Sometimes I don't know how it's going to happen. It just comes together. You know? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> if you haven't done it yet, you owe it to yourself and your taste buds to go to www.clarksonavcrumb.com. Family recipe born in 1950s Brooklyn. Clarkson Avenue Crumb Cake Company is bringing you the best crumb cakes available. You could get it in an 8x8 crumb. You could get crumb cakes, which are essentially crumb cakes in mini muffin form. They've got amazing flavors to choose from. They got classic crumb, blackout, salted caramel, Brooklyn Joe, and there's some sort of chocolate stout for St. Patrick's Day that oh, you that guys have good. to check out. That sounds really good. Yeah, and when you, whether you want to have it with your, your you know, cup of coffee, you want to have it with a beer, maybe a Guinness, you got to do it. Head on down to www.clarksonavcrumb.com. When you get to the checkout, what you want to do is enter promo code HARDNICKSLIFE. And you know what's going to happen? 
automatically you're going to get 23% off your por- your purchase in honor of Big Meech. All right? They're big Knicks fans over there at Clarkson Ave Crumb. we got to support our brotherhood. All right? And I believe they're still doing free shipping over $35. I can't guarantee it, so don't get mad at me if I'm wrong. But I think that's what they're doing. So take a trip down Clarkson Avenue, Crumb, and Crumb gets some. Crumb gets some. You got to support. Game against the Detroit Pistons, Barry. Wasn't a beautiful, not two of the greatest teams in the league. <laughs> no. But our young guys, especially Mitchell Robinson, oh. Frank had some beautiful plays in there. I don't know what's going on lately, and it's not always showing up in the stats, but Mitchell Robinson, Knox, Barrett, Frank, something's going on the past handful of, past like week or so, where they're all, they all just seem to be playing with a little more confidence, playing loose. Especially Frank Mitchell had the, all these highlight reel alley oops in that game. Oh, that was that. I think that might be my favorite one. That your long favorite pass. Game? Oh, no, favorite that, my Mitchell favorite play? Mitchell play. That long lob from Alfred Payton, where he Beautiful. jumped up, did the reverse alley oop. Oh man, I could watch that. That <laughs> 10 was times. That was slam dunk contest quality. You know, yes. yeah. that's like if you were trying to do that in a slam dunk contest, it would take the player like seven tries to get it right. And these guys <laughs> did it in the game. That was beautiful. And then he almost had that steal and fast break dunk, which I was so upset that they fouled him because that was going to be equally impressive, whatever he did. You know what impressed me is when Julius Randle and Christian Wood got into that little scuffle and Mitchell Robinson was right in there and gave him that little bump. That spoke volumes to me. I like that. He didn't even need to get in there, but he got in there. He stepped right in there. He got the technical. (laughs) Good for you. You know, in a meaningless game against Detroit. Get that technical foul. I want to see I, that. I fucking love that edge Mitchell plays with. He does talk a lot of shit. And then when he, when he did make that steal and almost run down that fast break before he got fouled, when he was at the, at the free throw line, who was he like, he was, who was, was he going like this to, to be quiet? Prob- probably Christian Wood, because that was after that whole thing went down and you know they were giving it back and forth to each other a little bit whenever they would line up on the free throw line when anybody else was taking a free throw so they, they kept it going a little bit then he had that he had that block on that three-pointer from the oh, corner man. yeah yeah we really swatted it <laughs> right in front of the pistons bench which was insane yeah. dude he's on pace with his field goal percentage to break wilt chamberlain's field goal percentage record how crazy is that if you're breaking any records by wilt the stilt I mean that that's a that's incredible, and he's going to do it in his second year if he keeps it up like this. He's at like seventy three percent field goal percentage it, on this season. It really is unbelievable. I that mean, would be for, amazing. you know, of course he. Is, I think he's third in the league in dunks right now. Yeah, behind that's, Gobert and um, Giannis. We all know that's pretty much all he does, but he's not having a great stretch of games here. Great stretch. And now, of course, you're hearing these rumors that did you hear this rumor that the Knicks are considering trading Mitchell in the offseason to land a star point guard. Why, why would they do that if in this draft you've got point guards that you can pick? Why, why would you get rid of Mitchell Robinson to do that? Well, I think it depends we're on talking about, up We're talking about Chris Paul? What, what are we talking about here? I don't know. I, hope, I mean, I can't trade anything for Chris Paul. The only guy I might trade Mitchell Robinson for is someone like Damian Lillard. Oh, well, yeah, I mean, that, that you got to think Who is an about. absolute star. Right. That, that you have to think about, yeah. Like, let's say the Knicks don't land any point guard in the draft or wherever they end up in the lottery, it's better for them to get the best talent available. Like, well, let's say they get the first pick, best case scenario, right? 
Sure. Then they end up drafting like Anthony Edwards or or Wiseman or one of those guys. Yeah. Then yeah, maybe you do. I mean, as much as I would hate to do it, I love Mitch. He's my favorite Nick by far. But I guess if you don't end up with a point guard in this draft, you get a you get a supreme like front court player that makes someone like Mitch expendable, and you can move him for a star point guard. Yeah, I mean, if you're not looking at all your options and there is a potential Dame Lillard on the table, then you're not doing your job. You know, don't don't be stupid, don't be foolish. You know, if you got something like that staring at you, you know, then then you got something to consider. Mitch is a special, special player, and he gets me extremely excited. But there are parts of his game that are alarming. Right, one being that I don't know what he does besides what we've seen him do. Is he ever going to do anything more? Yeah, but he is impacting both sides of the court. Oh, he's know, great. So, so if he could get you 10-plus points, it, you know, I would like to see him get some more rebounds. But um, if he's getting you those blocks on the other end, he is impacting the game. You know, his plus-minus is going to continue to be high. He's my favorite, Nick, dude. And I cannot—I'm saying this over and over again just in case he's listening. But <laughs> And I still want to see him play with a legitimate point guard because I feel like that's going to make a huge difference for him. Elf, you, you wouldn't call Alfred Payton legitimate? He gets minutes with no. Alfred. And you, he's not legitimate to you. I, I like a, a really good point guard. Something that's more of a with. scoring threat? Yeah, someone who's really going to play in the pick and roll with him nicely. Yeah. And just the chance to to build a connection with a player for more than half a fucking season. How many point guards has he played with, you know? He he was asking after the Pistons game for him and Knox to be called the Block bro- Bros. Well, I mean, Knox is right. going to have to do this a little bit more often. You know, I know <laughs> you had Knox, two blocks uh, this game. Knox played pretty well defensively in that game. He had the two hey, blocks, maybe had, three. Maybe if, three, yeah, yeah. If he wasn't called for the foul. But, hey, look, if, if Knox had more games, and not just because of the blocks, but if Knox had more games like he did against Detroit, I'd be happy. Which is crazy because you look at his stat line, he had like seven points, you know, on three of six shooting. He had two rebounds. He had the two blocks. He was like one for two from three. But if he does that every game, I'm good. I mean, he was active, right? Yeah, he was he active. And like you said plays. about Mitch, he was impactful. Oh, uh, when he got one of those blocks um, on a jump shot and he like got mm-hmm. pumped up about it. Got I never saw him get pumped up on a defensive play before. And you could tell he was so uncomfortable about getting pumped up because he fucking <laughs> held back. He held back, know? right? Like Mitch doesn't hold back. Frank doesn't even really hold back anymore when he gets pumped up. Right. But Knox, he is lacking so much confidence that, yeah, his stats aren't huge. They're not great. But for him to play 19 minutes, go three of six, seven points, have a couple blocks and <laughs> makes a big difference in the game and he's not hurting them. That's all I need. That, that's all you need for like a 20-year-old. What is he, 20, 21 now? Yeah. He's still so young. Like, that's all you need. You just want him to progress. And then Frank out there, Clarence Gaines tweeted that, you know, I, I don't know how much you can really give to this because he admitted that he hasn't been watching a lot of Knicks games but said he's tuned in the past few or at least seen the highlights of Frank and thinks he's playing with more confidence and looser than he has ever in his career. Yeah, he missed a few shots against Detroit, but uh, you liked the shots he was taking. They weren't. Yeah, he was three of they, ten. They he big was misses. really aggressive. Yeah, like they were. They were. You know, they were like very, very close to going in a lot of those misses. But uh, yeah, he was playing good. Oh man, yeah, he had some nice slicing and dicing. Yeah, I don't know if I, I think I've said this on the show where I, I so occasionally I'll watch Frank's highlights from from Europe from before he became a Nick, and I swear to God, guys, if you YouTube Frank highlights when he played for France. He doesn't even look like the same player that he is now. For some reason, when he was playing over there, he played like he was playing in De- against Detroit, right? Really loose handling the ball, just with a confidence that he doesn't play with here. 
and, and a looseness. And that's how he was playing against Detroit. And he had that one play where he went between. It was like a what was that move between his legs? It was like a crossover. It was a crossover, but through the legs. Yeah, yeah. That he got into the free throw lane and had that great float. Like oh, that was finger pretty. roll floater. That was so pretty. <laughs> it was so pretty. <laughs> and then he wasn't even a fast break, but he was just pushing the ball and cu- cut through the lane and had that really quick too. Just a lot of nice moments like that. A lot of times it wasn't working out, but he was going for it. Yeah. And then R.J. Barrett's had a nice stretch of games here, too, right? Maybe his best stretch of games since earlier in the season when he won that Rookie of the Month. The thing that I don't get, re- remember earlier this season when R.J. Barrett was averaging like over 80 minutes a game? That wasn't 80, but yeah. Okay. The last three games, he hasn't even cracked 30. I don't know what's going on. Like, Zion's playing 33 minutes a game on a bum knee. You can't give R.J. over 30 minutes? Oh, boy. Okay, so now in the beginning of the season, we are complaining that he was getting too many, and now he's getting about 30 minutes a game. And what what would you want him to get, three or four more minutes, Barry? Yeah, that, that's the, Come on, that's a third of a quarter more. Yeah, I'll take that. Give my guy <laughs> some more minutes. Come on, I want him, you know, running this team. At least give him, give him, you know, let him, give him the chance. Well, over the past, like, 10 games or so, dude, a nice stretch of games. Like, yeah. 27 points, 17, 21, 15, 19, 27, yeah. 14. Oh, no. Pretty much, except for one game in the past, like, 11 or 12 games, has been double digits every game. Yeah, and I'm just saying he should have more minutes. You Now, you know what shit bothers me, Craig? And this oh, is in boy. general, but, but it did happen during the Detroit game. What bothers me, and this goes across the whole NBA, and we're seeing it a lot now, is when guys don't want to take that buzzer beater shot at, like, the end of a quarter— because they know it's going to bring down their stats. Bobby Portis, at the end of the first half, he recovers the ball with like one and a half seconds left. He looks at the basket, and then he decides not to shoot. Just because he was like on the other side of the half-court line. Fuck you, Bobby Portis. Take the fucking shot. (laughs) I don't know. It shouldn't bother me, but it does. Because it's a free, free basket. Nobody was in front of him, and I guarantee you that is the sole reason he didn't shoot it, because it was going to lessen his stats. There's no reason not to throw it up. He's playing for his next contract. He knows. Oh, the give Knicks me a fucking break. <laughs> Whatever. I needed to get that out. And I mean, and don't get me wrong. He's been playing good. All right. You know, Detroit. He had a lackluster game. His shot wasn't falling. But before that, like his last stretch of ten games, he was playing great. But still, I said it, Barry. Though, but you're complaining about RJ's minutes. But if you look at the team, they're playing the right guys. The minutes, pretty much. Okay. He might have only gotten. He got 26 against Detroit. But it's nice to see that Harkless, Gibson, Harkless and Gibson both got 17. Portis got 19. But then you got the young guys like Mitch, he got 27. RJ got 26. Peyton had 31. Randall had 33. I know everyone hates Randall. That's the end thing. Right. But the thing is, you got guys that have zero minutes. Alonzo Trier, Damian Dotson, Iggy Brazdakis. Like, these guys are not getting on the court at all. Well, I mean, Iggy's, look at Damian Dotson, his last bunch of games. Day for the record. Yeah, Damian Dotson's he's uh he's not he's not going to be on the Knicks. He's not part of the future. Alonzo Trier, for some reason, probably also not part of the future. I don't get it, honestly, especially with Alonzo. This late in the year, why is someone like Wayne Ellington getting a lot of minutes over Alonzo Trier? What is the fucking well, point of this? I could see them keeping Wayne Ellington though next year. I can see him. I could see them going for that option. He's a good player to have on your team. You need. You know, we've you talked need, about it before. You need, you need some shooting. people who can shoot. Yeah, we say that all the time. I don't have a problem re-signing him, you know, uh, or, or picking up that option, I should say. I think it's like $8 million. 
Okay, then fine. But but w- does that mean you have to play him right now? Should no. we not be should no. we not be making one last ditch effort to see what Trier has, what Dotson has? I agree with you. I agree with you. Or is it just decided at this point? No, it doesn't make sense to me. You know you're getting rid. You know you're not keeping Portis. Fine. You let, let let's say you you have to know what you have in Wayne Ellington. Taj Gibson seems to be someone that a lot of fans want to keep around, and I can't disagree with that. Right? It's good to have some vets on this team. Sure. Barry, Barry's playing with his whiteboard right now. What's going on over there? No, I was just looking at something. Do you have something you want to get off your chest? No. <laughs> no, I just wanted to see. I wanted to see how much Bobby Portis would be making if we uh, picked up his option, how much Taj would be making if we picked up his option. That's all. What What is going on with that board? Do you need a bigger board now? Because it seems like you have papers like taped up there. Uh, you You really want to know? Yeah. You know what it is? I... I both because you're making I, a lot of sound here, and we're trying look, to do a podcast. <laughs> I was very I can't excited. Even hear myself. I was very excited the start of this season. I got my new whiteboard. I bolted it into the wall, like in front of my desk here. It's too fucking high. All right. If I look <laughs> up at the whiteboard, my my mouth comes off of the microphone, mm-hmm. and I and, and my voice gets bubble. So now what I do, I write shit on the whiteboard, and then I I then I transpose it from the whiteboard to paper, so I can tape the paper right in front of me on the wall. So the whiteboard's essentially useless. All right, can I, can I give you a little advice? I'm going to blow your mind right now. You're going to say lower the whiteboard? Lo- bring the fucking whiteboard down. What's going <laughs> on over there? <laughs> no, I can lower it. It was... All right. I'll be honest. Well, I, w- I think you need a bigger one, too. You think I need a bigger one? I think you need a bigger one. No, it's perfect. The, the size is perfect for, for what I got to put up there. Especially if one day we... T- are we going to turn that basement into a studio one day, maybe? Yeah, I was just telling my wife about that tonight, actually. I told her I want to turn it into a studio. I was like, I may paint it black. She's like, you're not painting the basement black. I was like, it needs to be dark. I was like, you're never down there. But uh, yeah, I, I wanted to. to I wanted to. I want us to set up like Howard Stern Studio, where we have a couch for guests. Yeah, yeah. And then I want to be in a glass booth. Is that possible? <laughs> like Robin is. Yeah, you're, you're going to be the Robin. I want. Yeah, I want to be separated from everything. Are your kids going to be okay with that? Because don't they play video games down there? Yeah, they could still have their video game section. It'd be it'd still be good for that. But yeah, absolutely. Let's do it. <laughs> All right. All right, let's listen to some voicemails. Hey, what's up, Craig? And Barry motherfucking D. Yes, TJ from Connecticut. What's all these rumors about the Knicks potentially trading Mitchell Robinson for an all-star point guard or even the nonsense I'm hearing about Chris Paul and Melo coming back? Please tell me this is BS. Yeah, it's a hard Knicks life. That's T motherfucking J from Connecticut, Barry. We already talked about the Mitchell trade rumors. Right. What we didn't talk about, he brought up another name. Chris with, Paul and Carmelo. Right. He brought up Carmelo. And it's crazy, Craig, that I've done almost a full uh, we 180. Talked about Probably this like, the other well, night. we talked about it in private. But <laughs> I wouldn't say I've done a 180, but I've done like a 140. Like I'm almost all the way around. At the beginning of the season, I wanted no part of Melo. I wouldn't have touched him with a 10 foot pole. I said, it's no good for the Knicks, what they're doing. I said, it's no good for where we are, what we're trying to build. And it's like now, where the Knicks are right now and with the season we just had going into next year and seeing Melo back in the NBA, it's almost like I've like 80% of me, I feel like, wants him on the Knicks. Is that insane of me? I know I'm not alone. It is not insane. Me, I think I lean towards... You know, that's just in the past, and I don't think there's a huge benefit to bringing him back. Is there something to be said about positive vibes? 
there's something to, that is the only part of me that does I mean, think it would be nice and it would it's an it's not really a nice gesture. It would just be nice to bring Mello back into the fold, bring in a guy who knows how to play with some of that swagger, you know, loves the city. And Craig, if culture is a real thing, right? We talk about it all the time. If that's a real tangible thing, isn't that part of it bringing back a legend, you know, and I hope I'm not using the word too loosely, but bringing back Carmelo Anthony back to New York for what's going to be his final season or one of his final seasons. I mean, I, I think that says a lot about the culture. That's like the superficial side of the culture, though. Or I don't know. I don't know if superficial is the right word. But then you have the basketball culture, right? Sure. And is sure. So you've got that side of the culture that you mentioned, but then you've got the side of, you know, sharing the ball and playing with your teammates and being happy for your teammates when they're the ones in the spotlight or feeding the young guys the ball and taking points away from yourself, which are all things that Carmelo seemed to have issues with. Here right. I mean, didn't we have that like most of this season with Marcus Morris? I mean, the ball most of the time stopped with him. He looked to score. He looked to get the ball at the end of games. I mean, did it hurt that much? Well, we're not any worse than we were with him. And he's so, not. I mean, that's that's not I exactly. I would not. He's not exactly blowing things up with the Clippers either. Remember all the fans that did not want to trade him for anything. They want to pretty much sign Marcus Morris to a huge guaranteed deal because he was putting up some numbers with the Knicks. Yeah, yeah. Well, look at how that worked out. Oh, and he had that big showcase game, you know, against uh, L.A. versus L.A. on Sunday, and he put up a big O for. I think he had one point. Oh, what a <laughs> fucking! He was like oh for oh for nine. What a fucking field. blessing it was for us to move him. Oh yeah, absolutely, no doubt. But I'm just saying, if it does happen, let's say we look up one day, we wake up, we turn on our phones, we look on Twitter, and the Knicks signed Carmelo Anthony. I'm not gonna be upset about it. No, I, I'm not gonna be devastated by it. You ask me right today, I'm like, you know, let's just pretend he was never here. Let's we've moved on. The other thing is, and we talked about it before this season, Barry, if next season is his last one, remember why we didn't want him to be with the Knicks this year? Assuming yeah, this year was going to be his last one. We thought it was going to be a big sideshow. Yeah, we didn't gonna, want this yeah, all season to all be about Carmelo's retirement. In hindsight, that would have been a much better season <laughs> oh my God. than we've had. Yeah, it would have been something to smile but about we thought celebrating that was, his career. Yeah, we thought that was going to delay this rebuilding process. We didn't know that our own front office and coach were going to delay the rebuilding process. But now, can you imagine if that happens next year? We'd have to say that could be another delay. But you know yeah, what? But next year is not, but we know next year is not the year. Honestly, you know I've I mean? changed my mind about it in many ways, as you have, though. Yeah, it's amazing. And that's good. That number one, that we could admit it. Number two, that we're not stubborn. That, you know, we can kind of sit back, we can assess, we can see really like, you know, what's going on. I think it's healthy. Would it be the worst thing in the world for next year to have all those clips every night of Melo getting standing ovations and trading jerseys? Would it be so horrible for the Knicks to be put in a positive light for an entire season? How good did it feel this year when he was in a Portland jersey coming back to the Garden? Think you could have him in a Knicks jersey every home game. It's not the worst thing in the world. And I believe, I believe that it's impossible for him not to have been humbled through that whole experience of not playing ball for the 18 months or however long it was that nobody signed him for the amount of time it took for a team to take a to, to take a flyer on him. I have to believe that. So I think he would be willing to step into that role. He would be super grateful 
to Leon Rose and the Knicks for giving that opportunity. I think he played ball. I, I, you know, watch him end up in Brooklyn. Oh my watch. God! <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Now, what do we think about Chris Paul? TJ's other question. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I, I don't like it. You know, Dame Lillard. That's a different story. I mean, he's got, he's got a number of years on his side in comparison to Chris Paul. And Chris Paul comes with that big money. Big money. But I, I mean, I, I would, I'm would. i not saying I wouldn't take Chris Paul in the next. I just wouldn't give up anything to get him. I, I give up salary to match like you always have to. Yeah, but I don't know. I'm not trading so, young guys for Chris Paul. Something in me doesn't like it, Craig. You don't think it would be beneficial to have him alongside, let's say, Frank? Or no. let's say we draft LaMelo No, because Ball. Nil- Nilekin is not Chris Paul. He's a different player. What if, what if we do draft one of these guys like Cole Anthony, LaMelo Ball? Yeah, good. Then you get then you got somebody to compliment Frank. <laughs> okay. You got a flashy flashy passer in LaMelo. You know, a scorer in Cole. And you got Atkinson to turn him into a great point guard, right? That's right. That's the idea. That's it. Hey, look, you got to remind yourself Frank is what tw- another young young guy. He came into the league at 19. These guys are still maturing. They're still growing. I mean, look at Frank. Look, look at him against Detroit. I know he didn't drop 30 points, but he had the mindset to do it that night. Dude, I, I, I felt he did. I've been so up and down on Frank. Oh, it's amazing. Lately, it's incredible. Uh, me too. And maybe this is just me going up again now on Frank. <laughs> and I'm going to sound like a fucking idiot because <laughs> I feel like I've probably said this 10 times before. But he is on the fucking precipice of something. All right. (laughs) You can see it starting to happen. Oh, man. He's going to be better than Kyrie Irving next season. Watch. (laughs) That's not that much of a stretch now. Craig, Barry, Derek from Scotland here. Okay, Barry, let me reset this. It's going to take you a while to get used to this accent. Just pretend you're. Yeah, yeah, I was just going to say, what kind of accent is this? This might be one of the German Austrian guys, it sounds like. Craig, Barry, Derek from Scotland here. Oh, someone from Derek from Scotland. Scottish. Oh, accent. there you go. That makes. I was gonna say Icelandic. Derek from Scotland. I've just watched the next win over Detroit. I'm basking in the glory of the next loaded culture, looking like a farce and a shambles. Those our young guys are loving playing together. What the fuck, dude? I cannot. This is a thick Scottish accent. Holy That's shit. why I believe it's got to be legit. It's not somebody <laughs> faking a Scottish. Oh, this accent. is a real deal here. Basking in the glory. <laughs> <laughs> but then he says something about the coach. What does he say? It's crazy when everyone like when everyone uses like sayings that are they only use, and then you're trying to make out what it is. So I got curious and had a look. What? And one thing that I'm amused about right enough, I line up a Frank, RJ, Dot, Knox, and Mitch have played a total of only four minutes together over the whole season. Get that sorted, Mike Miller. Cheers, boys. All right. Wow. Woo. <laughs> I would love to try to dissect that call, but I feel like this podcast would turn into three hours. Yeah, I, we could keep rewinding that, but I think we got the gist. What do you say <laughs> about Mike Miller at the end? Give a shot to Mike Miller? I, I don't know. I do not know. But I do know that he's. we're talking about, you know, the young guys basically playing together more. That he listed some young guys and included Dot. Dot. Yeah, Dot. Dot. But they played only four minutes together. And, uh... Yeah. I don't know why we're playing all these veterans so much. They, they, we had to make promises to these guys. Hopefully in these final, what do we have, like 18 20 games, games, 18 games, that 18 we're going to start left. to see some more of these young guys playing together as a group. I don't know if we're ever going to see Dot with them. 
Because like we said, Dot's clearly being left behind for some reason. But yeah, I, hopefully we see, I want to see more of Frank and Mitch and RJ and Knox Absolutely. all playing together at the same time. Yep. Closing out games, start them for a few games. There's nothing to lose there. All right, guys. So with our win against uh, Detroit, it's unfortunate now, but now we are sixth in the Tankathon standings, just a half a game behind Detroit. Who we beat so that's too bad so we're gonna sim the lottery right now which we're gonna do every week and uh we ended up with the seventh pick not great all right guys that's gonna do it for the show today remember you can reach out to us it's a hardnextlife at gmail.com you can follow me on twitter at hardnextlife you can follow barry at barry to work and you can fucking call us at 516-33-MESH-1 and we got something fun for you guys this time. A little assignment if you're up to it. You know the new theme song? It's that a we've hard got? Nick's life. That one? It is a hard Nick's life. Yeah, that one. Yeah, we've heard that, that a lot of you have that stuck in your heads. Actually, Derek or Den, Den, Dennis Lupkus, Dennis motherfucking Lupkus, we were bugging him about it. Oh, yeah. Because we hear like we hear that really positive things from fans, and then some are like, ah, it's kind of annoying. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely a love it or hate it type of song. But I hear that people are singing it in their showers. Uh, we've gotten videos of people singing it at work and their coworkers behind them looking at them like they're fucking crazy. There's plenty of you that sing it. I know you all sing it when you're walking around. I know it's in your heads. Call us, 516-33-MESH-1. And what's going to happen, Barry? And it may get in the open on uh, one of the next couple episodes. If you sing it with all your heart, that shit's going to open the next It's a Hard Next Life podcast and I will do that every week that you guys do it and uh, if you like our show leave us some fucking reviews it's really easy it's really easy <laughs> Daniel even if you listen on Spotify go to just go to the It's a Hard Next Life Twitter account the link for the Apple podcast is right there you'll scroll down you'll see the five stars lined up just hit the fifth star boom you're done and if you're so inclined you have a minute to write a little review do that too I was about to say, Daniel, the VP from Knicks Nation, Germany, and Austria, if we become official members, this is what could be in it for us, Barry. This is what should be in it for us. Go ahead. There's like 150 members of that fan club. Right. We should get 150 fucking reviews, like right off the bat. Or at least whoever hasn't left one already. I'm not going to tell a bunch of big Germans and Austrians what to do. But if we're in the fucking fan club... You better fucking leave us a review. Did I just tell them what to do? I thought you weren't going to do that. <laughs> I wasn't. That's really it for the show. By the way, I can't believe I made it home on uh, Friday night. We're, we're... Well, you did the responsible thing. You fucking set up an Uber. I Ubered home. Right home. Yeah. From... Even though you had your car at the train station. Good for you. No, but I didn't have my car at Mineola. I had it in my town. Okay. We both end up in Mineola. Dude, how did we wake up? Because weren't we both sleeping? Oh, my God. Yeah, I think we just woke up. I think the, the thing dinged and, like, my eyes opened. We're like, oh, shit, we got to go. Barry and I, like, yeah, we were somehow woken up as we were stopped at Mineola and had to go running off the train, stumbling off the train. What else do we have, Barry? That's it. We got uh, back-to-back games, I think, uh, coming up, right? Oh. What do we got? Jesus. Do you hear the sound that makes? Yeah, yeah, it's great. Yeah, it sounds like I'm doing something over here on my end, shuffling through my papers to find the schedule. People like it. I did a focus group. The fans love it. Nobody cares about the schedule. Uh, you know uh, why? Because the Charlotte Knicks, and Boston. Because the Knicks are socks, Barry. They are socks. The, Dude, your are, fucking paper just went in front of the camera. <laughs> <laughs> 
what's going on over there? I know. It's a whole shit. All right, who do we got coming up? We got Charlotte and Boston, back to back. All right, guys. Until next time, it is a hard Knicks life. The Knicks are sucks, but the fans are so loyal. Hold on, hold on a second. Wait, did you say the Knicks are socks? No. Yeah, yeah, it sucks, but we are fans. They suck. Oh, we sucks. The Knicks suck. The Knicks suck. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.